Welcome to the Bromley Buzz Theatre Snapshot. This is a new version of our shows which talks about a particular topic and this one's going to be theatre in the local area. Now there's different varieties of local theatre which we'll come on to but in this particular show we're going to talk to a director of Taken at Midnight at the Bromley Little Theatre, uh, capture some audience at the Adams Family Show, a musical comedy which is at the Churchill Theatre until the 5th of March, uh, read out our review and uh, talk more about uh, theatre in the local area as well and point out that there is possibly more theatre in the area than you might think. We start actually with one premise. Theatre is a really good part of the art scene. You can go and see things live that it's just simply better than TV, if I can put it that way, because it's an up-close and personal experience. Uh, and in the borough of Bromley, we've got ranging from the fully professional, uh, with the Churchill Theatre in the heart of Bromley, We've got amateur and semi-pro theatre, as I would describe them, and that includes the Bromley Little Theatre, and quite possibly also the Bridge House Theatre in Penge, which we've really got to visit on this show, uh, and outright amdram, uh, groups of people who just like appearing on stage every so often and acting out and doing the work behind the scenes. Uh, so, what can we say about theatre? Well, in the... Borough, these are the theatres that we know about on the Bromley Buzz at the moment. So there's the Churchill Theatre, Bromley Little Theatre, uh, in Penge there's the Bridge House Theatre, uh, there are uh, the Chelsea Players, uh, that's in the Amdram area, the Players at the Farnborough Village, uh, who have a comedy coming up in May, uh, there is the Bromley Community Arts Theatre, and they're quite fun too and the Breckenham uh, Theatre Company in particular looking on their website uh, beckenhamtheatre.com um, they've got coming up Murder Mystery and I'll read out the, this uh, the Farndale ladies are this year presenting a murder mystery as the Bishop family descend on their stately pile to hear the reading of the Patriarch's will they are being picked off one by one by a dastardly killer the intrepid inspector O'Reilly of the Yard to be Cobbler's Yard, <clears throat> is called in to try and find out who is the villain and how to make a souffle, and will the set stay up? Hmm. Will O'Reilly be in time to save the remaining family members, or is he just a pawn in the killer's diabolical plot? Box office 07971 uh, and that is running soon, 24 to 26 of March. So that's the theatres and local groups performing uh, that we know of at this stage. If anyone wants to let us know by social media uh, of others we might be missing, that would be very nice, because it's quite an active area, is uh, amateur theatre, and the borough is quite a big place. Now then, coming on to uh, the Adams family. The Adams family, we saw that um, earlier this week, and we put on our new website, this review. As we saw on the opening night, this is a ghoulishly gorgeous looking fantastical feast of Adam's family oddity, telling stories of multiple romances packed with memorable moments with some outstanding performances, notably from Cara Lane and Kingsley Morton. Uh, Cara was a 
person you wouldn't normally see in the Adams family, not one of the family themselves. And Kingsley Morton, if I recall, was Wednesday, who is much more familiar, and she was really good. And I can also throw in a few words on Scott Page's behalf here, who was an excellent Uncle Fester. Anyway, I had a blast of a finish. More dance to showcase the talents of Joanne Clifton, who you might recognise from Strictly Come Dancing, would have made the night pretty much perfect. And tickets are still available. Uh, as for the audience, a um, couple of shy people there, but we did manage to get a couple of very nice people to talk about what they thought of the show. Hello, audience members at the at the Churchill Theatre. Hello. Uh, and who are you and where are you from? Uh, my name's James. Madeline. And we're from Crystal Palace. And the young lady here is nine that, years old. She is indeed, she is. <laughs> She's a little, imba- a little a little shy. Well, she took my microphone. <laughs> that's, that's, that's me, that's me. You're thinking about a career in journalism? She wants to dance. Dance? Yeah. Oh, did you enjoy Joanne Clifton then? She did, yes. She danced all the dancing. So, what do you think of the show? I Sorry. thought it was really good. I thought it was really enjoyable. It was, uh, the songs were pretty cool and solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked a lot of the dance moves. Um, I liked the. In- different take on one of the characters one or two of the characters like with the Wednesday Adams having a slightly uh, different persona halfway through it's pretty good yeah pretty impressed I enjoyed it a lot how about the look of it all yeah oh, definitely very uh, very full on very um, a lot of effort put into it to be fair more so than the last couple of things I've seen right, and did so you have a favourite cast member or two uh, personally I quite like Gomez to be fair mm-hmm. I, I, I couldn't think of his name for the thing but yeah I quite enjoyed him but he was uh, he brought the character to life well. <laughs> what do you think of old Uncle Fester? I thought he was a very good. Did you like him too? Yeah, yeah he was a good character. He was funny. Didn't he, did you like? Yeah. He was like the moon, didn't he? <laughs> 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 yeah, no, I think they were really good to be yeah. fair. Yeah. If he comes back, would you see it again? Yeah. I think I would, wouldn't you? Yeah. Definitely would, especially if there was a second one. I think I'd go for that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. definitely worth it. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you, audience. On to Bromley Little Theatre. Uh, here is an interview that we did concerning their imminent show uh, taken at midnight. Pauline Armour from the Bromley Little Theatre. Uh, you are the director of Taken at Midnight, which is coming up, as well as the artistic director. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. So the show kicks off very soon. Yes, it does. We open a week on Friday. That's the 11th of March. Yes. And it runs for just over a week. Yes, that's right. Why did you choose this topic, this play to do, to put on? Every year when we plan a season, we ask directors to submit a range of plays that they like and they really want to get involved with. And this play was submitted actually not by myself. I was doing something else. This would be for 2020 when everything had to be cancelled. And our reading group who looks at the plays was very impressed by it. We thought it was good writing, an interesting theme, looking at a very difficult period of history. It had played to great acclaim at the Chichester Festival Theatre and had transferred to the West End. And we felt that it would enhance and be part of an eclectic season. Of course, it got put back and it got put back. 
And as it happened, the director couldn't continue with it. So as artistic director of the theatre, which is part of my job, if things start to go astray a little bit, I jumped in and said, yes, I'll um, carry on with this one because it had been cast two years ago and it would have been very disappointing for people if we'd cancelled it. So I actually didn't choose it, though I was very, very supportive of it being part of our season. And so I came to it, I suppose, with quite fresh eyes because I hadn't done a lot of the initial research during the two years interlude from when it was going to go on and now it is going on. And I think to a certain extent that was helpful because I was able to focus very much on the text as the writer Mark Hayhurst had written it. And it has now, of course, become extraordinarily pertinent when we think about what's happening between Russia and the Ukraine. So that 90 years on, we still see a force trying to dominate the democracy and the rights of people. So it has an extra pertinence. Um, I like it very much, not just because it traces the rise of the Nazi party in the 30s, but it is a story of a woman. It's the story of a mother. It's the story of Hans Litten's mother. He was a young lawyer in Germany who took the um, brown shirts to trial for their murderous acts in 1931. And he had the audacity and the bravery to subpoena Adolf Hitler to the witness stand. And he did make Adolf Hitler look rather stupid. And Hitler didn't forget. So after the night of the Reichstag fire in 33, one of the first things that happened is that Hans Litten was taken at midnight. And taken at midnight is supposedly into protective custody, but he is in fact put into a concentration camp. And the story is about his friendship that he makes along the way, but mainly the fight of his mother, Ermgard Litten, to get her son released and her relationship with a particular Gestapo officer who seemingly is trying to listen to her, but probably isn't really. So that's quite a long answer because um, it's not it's not as straightforward as most plays that we, we, we do. Yeah. No, thank you. You've actually dealt with my second question, which is what the play ha has in it and what it's about. Yeah. Uh, and, um, this brings me on to you talked about it being topical. Um, both of us, mm. which, which it really wasn't topical at all. No, not at all. Uh, it does make me think of the value of the theatre. Yeah. And one of, one of the values of the theatre is that uh, it, theatrical shows often convey messages and sometimes they are part of the conscience of society along with mm -hmm. strong journalism and other things. Mm -hmm. Because one of the things that dictators frequently do is shut down journalists arts, uh, history. Absolutely. Not long before the invasion of Ukraine, Putin has, if I remember rightly, closed down an institute which was sharing things to do with the Stalinist past. So yeah. he's literally reinventing things now. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that said, all of this can still be done and be an entertainment uh, because you can come out of it thinking, well, okay, th there's this thing in the Ukraine. Uh, and let's hope that that comes out in the best possible fashion it could do, whatever that means. Mm -hmm. But 
Hitler was ultimately vanquished. Uh, the mm. Holocaust ended. Uh, and hopefully those things won't, won't arise again. But a lot of the stories are things like that. And I include Dad's Army in that, of all things. Wartime resistance and, uh, you know, protecting people. Uh, entertainment. So I, I'm looking forward because I want to go to this. I am buying tickets. I think, I think it, is, it, it is entertaining, even though the theme is harsh and it's harrowing. There, there is humour. In, in there, certainly the prisoners in the concentration camp find humour there, um, a very dark humour, to make their existence at all, at all possible. And Ermgard herself is quite a sparky lady who is witty, and sarcastic, ironic, and so there are scenes that are really uplifting as well as tackling a harrowing theme. And I totally agree with you, theatre can portray and reflect what's happening in society. And I think it helps people to put themselves in other people's shoes and to have a, a tolerance and to think of both sides of a story. And that's why I've been committed to theatre and the arts for all of my life, because I, I think it um, helps people to have a better view. And I find that people involved in the theatre are pretty open-minded and are pretty caring of each other. You're putting people, presumably some of them, into Nazi uniforms on stage. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, we have um, the Gestapo officer, which is a central part, and then we have three soldiers who, in the first half of the play, are the brown shirts, um, the thugs who went around murdering people, and in the second half of the play, they become the um, they become the Gestapo more disciplined so we've got quite a couple of sets of uniforms for the three soldiers yeah they change from brown shirts to gestapo officers so yes we have yeah and they're pretty authentic with the right insignia we've gone to a lot of trouble to make sure that they're spot on that they look how they would have looked yeah mm. and uh, how about the set you, you were quite ingenious in your set so uh, i've always regarded the bromley little theater as of a very professional standard uh, place and it's a wonderful life which i saw at christmas was a, a lovely depiction of radio mm. um throw throwback radio uh, and and film um what have you done for this one and you just come off an eco production with window of the willows as well yeah that's right well we had a, a big strike day we had to get all that done we've kept the set quite simple because this play is really about the story and the emotions and the relationships but and it's set in three separate areas so we've tried to go for quite a bleak harsh stark feel to it with the minimum of furniture and lighting which moves from the cell to the gestapo office to Ermgard's apartment and it's depicted mainly with lighting and is not totally naturalistic. But our designer, Jan Greenoff, has done a great job of painting the walls to look as if they're crumbling and the, the, the exposed plaster. And um, so it's, it's quite simple, but it, it, looks, it looks very good on our small stage. Yeah, well, it's not finished thing, yet, but yeah. One of the things of Bromley Little Theatre is that um, it largely calls upon volunteers' time. Yeah. Um, how many people would you say have been involved in and will have been involved in this 
uh, in the round from the people who are on the box office through to the designers, the lighting, um, anyone who does anything. On this particular play, I'll just take mm. one production, shall I then? Yeah. Okay, so you'll have a you'll have the actors, about 12 of them, and then the creative team of the director and the lighting team. So you've probably got another 12 people who are doing that, who are working on it constantly. And then on top of that, when we are, you'll have the publicity team, four or five people, then the box office team. So you've probably got another three people, then front of house team, three people a night for a run of 10 nights. It's not 30 people, but it's 30 people, um, often the same person. And then the bar, two people a night during the run of the show, somebody to stock up the bar. Um, coffee bar to buy the supplies the ice cream so you're talking probably if it were different people every night you're talking for a production like this of probably around 100 people who all yeah. give up their time freely yeah and put in a lot of hours yeah it's a it's a, a thing that draws on and involves the community clearly it does yeah, it does just for background for anyone listening to this uh, we interviewed um, Keith and Alice from Bromley Municipal Theatre in episode seven. Uh, we were in the dressing room, which was uh, a, a fantastic experience, actually. So you can listen to that for more. And for people who want to have an idea where it is, because that's not always known either, uh, the theatre is basically opposite uh, Bromley North Station in the heart of Bromley Town Centre, uh, off East, or around the corner from East Street. Uh, so it's nicely located, good transport links in there, good car parks nearby, all that sort of thing. Um, how do people buy tickets for um, Taken at Midnight? People can just go onto our website, basically, bromleylittletheatre.org, and um, they can buy them online. Yeah, the, um, if you're a member of the theatre and you can become a member for £16 a year, the tickets are £10 each, um, and they're £14 if you're a non-member which is still extraordinarily good value for money. <laughs> yeah, because, because we, you're often seeing shows at Bromley Little Theatre that have been on in the West End not so very long ago, and pretty well every year we get something on that has recently been released, and we've had a couple of amateur premieres. Uh, We've been the first amateur company in the country to perform some shows. So, you know, it's um, it's good when you've got a, 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 a an amateur theatre with a high standard just around the corner. Yeah. And uh, after this show, what's uh, next on the agenda? Well, next in April, we get, we have the classic comedy Hobson's Choice set in Lancashire. And then in um, May, I'm directing again, I'm directing Shakespeare in Love, which I think will be a bit of a blockbuster. Um, again, that's been very recently released to amateurs. So I've started on that already in between juggling rehearsals for Taken at Midnight and Shakespeare in Love. We've made a start on that. Lots of dancing and singing and uh, it's lovely, lovely show. Uh, so, yeah, we're... we're um, We've got, we're always in rehearsal now. Now that we're back, we're always in rehearsal for something. Yeah. Well, I'm, I may bump into you uh, at the show, who knows? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I hope you, I hope you get something out of it. 
it's it's hard to say enjoy, but <laughs> I hope you find it a stimulating and interesting evening at the theatre. You're talking about the main character for it, of this, the chap who took um, Hitler into yeah. the law. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh, that, that is one of the heroic facets of human nature. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, mm -hmm. it's equivalent to all kinds of things where people have stood, stood up to bad authority uh, and we need that. So I'm, I'm glad the theatre's covering it and uh, I look forward to more shows there. Thank you very much. Thank you and thank you. Nice to talk to you. Take care. So for the Bromley Little Theatre, the Churchill Theatre, the Bridge House Theatre, Penge, all of those and the amateur groups I've mentioned, by all means, head off to their websites, their social media, look up what's coming on and go out there and enjoy some live, face-to-face, -face, inspiring, happy, sad, whatever emotion you want to go with at the time, live performance. Thank you. <laughs>